you. This is Matt from the Man Cave, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. What's your daily devotion for February the 1st? I can look at, look at, I cannot believe we're at February the 1st. It just seems like it was just January. I just was watching the ball fall on New Year's Eve with my family. We're toasting with apple cider, okay, not booze, okay? And this month, I think, honestly, this month of January has been the fastest that a month of January has ever gone by in my life. And you're like, really, Matt? Really? I'm not kidding. It just seems like it was New Year's Eve, and now it's February 1st. I'm doing a devotion. Good, great. Thank you so much, okay, for posting my videos, for giving me thumbs up. Thank, Thank you so much, again, for joining my Patreon channel. I can't tell you how much it means to me, because I have so many goals that I want to accomplish, and I believe that God's going to bless me through Patreon, okay, to accomplish those goals for Him. Hey, today we're going to be in 1 Chronicles chapter 21. We're looking at a story of King David. I love David, all right, because David lived with zeal. He lived with passion, okay? He made lots of mistakes, but he repented from those sins, okay? Listen, listen, listen. He train wrecked so many times, okay? It's the Okay, too many times, but he kept such a short list with God, meaning he didn't remain in the sin, okay? He didn't remain in that sin. He went with God. He got with God, okay? He learned from that, and he repented, okay? He turned from, he turned towards God, and he kept on trucking. He kept on going. He kept on getting it on for the Lord. He was the mightiest of warriors, okay? And we need to look at his life, and we need to learn. You with me? Okay, so we're going to learn something today in the Word of God. I love it. Hey, today we're going to be in 1 Chronicles chapter 21. It says these words, And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. When we hear that, you know what jumps in my mind? How? How's that possible? Israel, okay, is God's chosen nation. That's God's chosen people. Satan can't stand against Israel. Satan can't stand against you, and he can't stand against the children of Israel. Not going to happen, let alone provoke David to do something. You see what I'm saying? It can't happen. How did it happen? Permission. Guys, watch this very carefully. you got to understand this. The only way Satan can harass you, oppress you, okay, or anything in your life, is with permission from God. And what was going on here that God gave permission to Satan? That really is the question. This is the later part of King David's reign, okay? It's kind of quiet, okay, in scriptures, okay, what was kind of going on. But here's what we know what was going on. Israel is kind of falling away. They're kind of doing their own thing, okay? They're not listening to God. They're not following him perfectly like God would require. He's not asking us to be perfect, but he wants us to be doing what he's set forth in scripture by way of his spirit, okay? By way of our conscience. We know right from wrong, okay? David, okay, He's resting on his laurels. Okay, he's he's just kind of taking it easy. We've all done that, especially as we're blessed from God. Have we not? Friends, oftentimes you got to realize, okay, when we get to those spots is when we get in trouble with God because we start compromising in our relationship with him, okay? And we're not doing the thing that we were doing originally, okay? In the beginning, David was so zealous for the Lord, but now... He has his kingdom, he has his house, he has all of his wives, he has riches, he has everything. He has maidservants and manservants. He got, I mean, he has an army, he could just take it easy. He's smart, he has wisdom, he's done this, he's fought. He's, I mean, here's the thing, it's all going well with him. And so what happens? A lot of time pride sneaks in there, okay? Satan asks for permission, okay, to go against Israel to provoke David. God gives it. And you're like, well, what's the big deal? Because here's the question, what is the big deal with Satan, okay, trying to get David to number Israel? And it's a good question because you and I, we hear this and we're like, well, that's no big deal. Friends, in those times, 
you only, watch this very carefully because this is so interesting, okay? You weren't allowed to, to count your neighbor's cattle. And you're like, what are you talking about? You were forbidden. You only could count those things which belong to you. Who do the people of Israel belong to? Who? They belong to God. When we hear this, we think, well, this is just no big deal. It is a big deal because the people did not belong to David, okay? If we were to go to Numbers chapter 30, verse 12, it says this. Listen very carefully. When you take the census of the children of Israel for their number, then every man shall give a ransom. They're going to give a tax, okay, for himself to the Lord. When you number them, watch this, that there be no plague, okay, when you number them, meaning built within the law of God, built within the word of God, built within what God has spoken, okay? In numbers, he's saying this, when, when I do, when God requires the people to be numbered, they're to give something back to God. Why? Because they're alive. Because they're enjoying the land. Because they're enjoying the heritage of being a child of the living God. We should always be willing to give a sacrifice unto the Lord. The word of God says, I will not sacrifice that which has cost me nothing. But God didn't call the census, okay? Guys, watch this. So there's two people, okay, who could have asked for this, okay? God could have asked, hey, I want you to number Israel. Do it my way, as in numbers. Or Satan could have done that. And that's what happened in the story. He provoked David. And you're like, well, why would he do that? Because he knew what was going to take place. How did he provoke him? In pride, meaning our resource, our strength, our provisions, our protection is God, okay? But oftentimes, kings would want to see, how many fighting men do I have so I feel secure? Friends, our security is in Christ. Do you understand? Our provisions are in Christ. Our protection, it is in Christ. It's all God. It's none of us. Guys, get this. My sufficiency is always in Christ, okay? How does this apply to your life and my life? Well, a lot of people, they're, they're thinking their resources, their finances, what they own, who they know, who knows them, okay? Their position in society, that stabilizes them, that safeguards them. Friends, let me tell you, that's not safeguarding you. He is the only one that can safeguard you in this life because he knows what tomorrow holds. You don't, Satan doesn't. Do you understand? That's for all of life. Get that down. This is not your sufficiency. This is not the go-to guy. That's the go-to God. Go to him with everything, okay? You don't know what tomorrow holds. He does, okay? Guys, 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 guys. When we're making stupid decisions, does not God warn us? I mean, honestly, I can think, look, 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 you wanna hear? Look, when I look at my life, I can see so many times that I started to go down the wrong road, make the wrong decision, okay, do the wrong thing, and God brought someone across my path to warn me. The wise man, will hearken, listen to the warning, see the warning from Almighty God, see the warning as the Spirit gave the warning to this person to speak it to me, or providence, or sovereignty, somehow, someway, God communicates with his creation, with his child, that's you, okay? And are we gonna ignore God? David does this, okay? Here's the warning. Joab, the number one guy of all the armies of Israel, comes to David, okay, and he says this, the Lord make his people a hundred times so many more as they be. But my Lord, now he's talking to the king, but my Lord, the king, okay? Are they not all yours already? Joab says, King David, are they not all yours? Are they not all the king's servants? See, Joab sees where this is going. Joab understands this much. He's not a scholar. He's not some theologian, but he knows what you're doing, David. It's wrong.
Okay, according to scripture, okay, and I just have a bad feeling about it. Have you and I gone forward when we had a bad feeling about it? The answer is uh, yes. Don't you dare shake your head no. Get out of the man cave if you said no. You, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at. We have all pushed forward when we had a bad feeling about it in life at one time. Don't you dare say I didn't do it. I, you are a hypocrite if you say that. You make me sick. But Joab, Joab, not real sick. Now I'm not going to vomit sick, but just here's the thing. Don't lie. Don't lie in the man cave. We have to be truthful in the man cave. If anything, it's all God's truth. Freebie, freebie. Okay? Joab's given them a warning. He says they're all yours. Joab sees what's taking place. Okay? God his spirit has enlightened Joab, given him a prophetic word. They're all your servants, David. You don't need to count them. They're yours. Oh, God protects us. God sustains us. Why do you, if Joab says this, why would you want to do such a thing? This isn't a good idea. I mean, he's using his position because you couldn't just walk up to the king and start talking to him and give him advice, but Joab can because he's respected by the king. Nevertheless, the Bible says that King David's word prevailed. Okay? He ignored the word Warning. I'm going to do it anyway. I have the power. How many of us have the power? And we use it in the wrong way. And God has warned us over and over and over again. And our conscience has bared witness that what we're doing is wrong. The Spirit of God has told you what you're doing is wrong. Scripture told you what you were doing was wrong. But you're going to barrel through. You're a man's man. You think you know better than God. Okay? When I look over my life and I see all the mistakes that I've made in life, okay? When I start to look at those seasons, those events, those choices, do you know what? There has never been one of them, okay, that I wasn't warned by God. That God didn't send someone like a Joab into my life, okay? And, and honestly, if I wrote them down, and here's the thing, um, I don't have enough cash on me now to go buy notebook paper to write them all down, okay? That's what I'm talking about. But when I think about the individual event, season, okay, thing that happened, okay, I can remember the wise word that God sent into my life, that someone was speaking from God into me. What did I do? I just ignored it, but watch this, watch this, let me be truthful with you. Oftentimes it was more than one person. It was several people, along with different things that God showed me in His providence, His sovereignty, and His power, and who He is. He showed me, uh, on top of my conscience knowing it was wrong, Scripture validated it was wrong, People validated it was wrong, but again, sometimes we're hard-hearted and we press forward to our own detriment, okay, to sometimes to our own destruction. Let me not go there in this particular devotion, okay? Nice. The Word of God says that David's word prevailed. He's king. He can override Joab, okay, and everyone else, okay? So Joab goes out, and for 10 months, how many months? 10 months! He's counting the people of the tribes of Israel, okay? And it's you're just like, you got to be kidding me. No, it's during that 10 months that Joab was out there counting the Israelites, okay? David could have repented before God and God would have accepted it because God is a God of second chances, amen? You better amen me on that one because he's given you an awful lot. And me, here's the thing, too many to count, okay? He could have said, God, I wasn't thinking. I, I don't know what I was doing. I want to ask forgiveness. I'm going to call it off. I don't need to know the number. They're your people. I have no right to count them unless you ask me to count them, okay? God would have accepted that, but he never did that. Can I just ask you a question, just real quick, before we move on. How many months has God allowed you to do the thing that you're doing? How many? Oh. 
Can, can I just ask? Look, look, we're friends, right? We're friends. Can I, just me and you just talking. We're just talking wherever you are, okay? Whether you're on your phone, your iPad, you're on your computer, okay? Um, how many more months do you want God to give you before he takes action and he chastens you and he brings corrective measures into your life? Can I just ask that? Because like David, there was a point in our story where he realizes, oh my goodness, I've sinned against God, I've sinned against heaven. But by that time, it was too late because God is now acting, okay, in a corrective manner. Right now, some of you are not there, but you're in sin. Some of you are, uh, okay, Joab's out in the field. He's counting, meaning you're engaged in this thing. And God has given you his long-suffering patience and forbearance to get it right with him. And I'm just asking a question because I love you. How long do you want God to wait before he brings it to your doorstep? And you're like, well, um, man, I don't, I don't want him to do that, okay? Call off the counting. Repent. Turn from, turn towards God. Okay? Learn from the story. Listen to Matt in the man cave. Okay? If anybody should be able to give you advice, it's here's the thing. Sometimes I didn't call it off and God came to my doorstep and I didn't like what he brought because it was chastening. It was heartache. It was pain. It was suffering. And you're like, Matt, why was the heartache, pain, and suffering? Because that's what it often takes to get through our hard heads. Okay? And our hard heart. We're not listening to God. We're not pliable. We're not like clay. We're like these rocks here that are hard. And they hurt. And God hurts when he's correcting us. But we learned the lesson, do we not? Verse 6, Joab shows up, says, David, I got the numbers. You got about 8 million minus the tribe of Levi and Benjamin. A million 300 fighting men. Okay? That's what you got. And, and you're like, why did he not count Benjamin and why did he not count Levi? Because God has already placed a burden on him, and he was thinking God was going to wipe those other ten tribes out, okay? And there has to be two tribes remaining. There has to be a little bit of the remnant left, okay, for Israel to continue on. Joab defies the king. He absolutely is safeguarding Israel, okay? Because, I, oh, good grief, Lord forbid if Joab would have counted all 12 tribes what would have taken place, okay? At least someone at that time had a little bit of sense, okay? He hears what he wanted to hear. He, he hears what he wanted to hear, Can't, okay? He hears it. Verse 8 says this, and David said unto God, listen to this, oh, I have sinned greatly. Yeah, you have, okay? Because I have done this thing, but now I beseech thee, do away with the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. Friends, it's too late. Oh, God's going to forgive him, but there's consequences to our sin. But if he would have repented it, within that 10 months before he got the number, God would have pardoned him, forgave him. But now, you know what? God's at his doorstep. God, listen to this. Have you ever heard this statement? Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. Do you know what? In his heart, David really thought, I really want to know this because once I have that number, I will feel very secure, okay? He was already secure in Christ, but because he was in sin in his life, he didn't feel secure. See, that's what sin does to us. It deteriorates our relationship with Almighty God. It makes us feel things that aren't true. God loves you. What, say it. God loves me. Say it again. God loves me, okay? And as God loves you, he says, I'm jealous over you. If someone loves me, truly loves me, and is jealous over me, and that guy has power over my life, God meaning God, okay, 
he's not going to allow us to continue to go down a road that's going to destroy us and hurt us, okay? So he brings corrective measures into our lives. We see this in Scripture over and 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 over. Dancing on the mountain of God over and we see all throughout Scripture, okay? That God takes action, okay? God corrects, okay? Because his holiness demands it. What, 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 Matt? It's not up for debate whether he will or not. It's just a matter of when, okay? Once his long suffering ends, he has to. Why does he have to? Because of his holiness. It demands that he deals with sin. You, well, I, I, I belong to Christ and I'm forgiven. Yes, you are. Sin has solicited you. It's petitioned you and you've engaged in it, okay? And you're making that which Christ died for alive again in your life where God says it's dead, okay? But you've decided you want to do your own thing like David and like so many other men, okay? Not realizing that God's going to show up on the doorstep sooner than later, okay? God's holiness demands that he deals with sin. God's holiness demands that he deals with you. He's going to chasten you. He's going to correct you. He's going to teach you. He's going to have mastery over you because you're a gift to his son. Watch what happens. God speaks to the prophet Gad. Gad comes to David. And here's the thing. He repented. God's going to forgive him. But there's consequences, just like for you and me. Okay? Go and tell David, saying, Thus saith the Lord. Oh, see, it's thus saith the Lord. It isn't thus saith Gad, it's thus saith the Lord. I like that. I offer thee three things. Choose one of the three, okay? So Gad came to David and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, choose one. Either three years of famine, three months to be destroyed before thy enemies, three years to be destroyed with the sword of thine enemies, that's not a good one, or three days of the sword of the Lord and pestilence in the land. David says to Gad, I'm between a rock and a hard place, Gad. Guys, David is really troubled. He, look at, look at, have you ever been here? You messed up, okay? You know you messed up. You really, look at, you really don't know what to do, okay? In those times, throw yourself back at the mercy of God, okay? He, yeah, yes, David is going to have to pay the penalty of that sin, okay? In Israel as well, okay? And, and why was Satan allowed to even bring this, okay, into their lives? Is because they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing in the first place. The Israelites, okay, God's chosen people, and David, okay? So God allowed Satan, okay, to incite Israel, okay, and to bring something to David, meaning bring a test, and he's going to falter. Don't think you're such a pillar, okay, of righteousness that you're not going to fall. Because it's when we fall that we learn. It's when we get crushed, okay? It's when we die, and that again, that seed goes into the ground. It's only when it dies that it will bring forth new life. Let's listen to this commentary. I love this commentary, and I'm going to read this. A lot of times I don't read these things. Okay, three years of famine. This would surely be the death of some in Israel, okay? Three years in famine, meaning no food. The, 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 the commentary says this, but those who had money and resources would survive. Israel would have to depend on neighboring nations, meaning those people, if there was a famine, it seems like the people with power and the people with money, okay, they could get through the famine, okay? King David had power and money. He's going to make it through. But the poorest of the poor, Okay, the down and out, the desolate, okay, those people that he came from, because remember, he was just a shepherd. He was a shepherd boy. His father, poor, poor as the day is long. He came from humble beginnings, okay? Here's the thing, they're going to suffer. David doesn't like that. David says, no, 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 no. He says this, the next option is this, three months to be defeated by your foes. This would be the death of some in Israel, but mostly the soldiers, okay? 
Now, at this time in David's life, they're not going to let David fight anymore. So again, David's safe, okay? The people that are really into themselves, okay, who don't have a servant's heart like David, they would say, let it be famine. You know, I got plenty of money. I got plenty of resources. I've stored up. I'm okay because they don't care nothing about anybody. All they care about is themselves, okay? Watch this. The Word of God says that David is a man after God's own heart. He doesn't cheat. He puts himself in the lottery to be destroyed. Do you see what a leader he is? He realizes he's as guilty as everyone else in Israel. They weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. This is taking place because of disobedience. This is taking place because of idolatry in their hearts and in their lives. Okay? The third choice. For three days, the plague will be in the land. Okay? This would be the death of some in Israel. But anyone could be struck by this plague. The rich or the poor. The influential or the anonymous. The royalty or the common. That's what it's saying. I love this in the story. That David puts himself in there with the common man. He, 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 he could have excluded himself. He had three choices. Two of the three would have excluded him. Others would have died. But here's the thing. I'm okay. David understood this. Look, look, look. David understood this. He knew God. So he knew there were consequences coming. Okay? And he doesn't try to exclude himself from the consequences of his sin. Friends, you know what he did? He says, the buck stops here. I'm the man. Look it. He says, I'm the man. I deserve. If God takes it to me, I got to take it. I got to swallow that cup, okay? Even as king, I'm willing to give my life under the corrective hand of God. But David understood one thing. He knew God was a merciful, merciful God, okay? Full of new mercies every morning. Now, Gad, the prophet, says this. What answer do you want me to give to the Lord? Now watch this, because people don't ever pick up on this. Well, couldn't David just talk to God? I mean, why couldn't David just say, God, um, no, David's in sin. David can't hear God. See, he said, I, I want to I show you. This is just a perfect illustration because we read throughout Scripture where David is praying and praising and, and, and asking God to forgive him. But God's taking that off the table. He's using the prophet, meaning he's putting a little distance between him and David. He's saying, give your answer to Gad. Gad's in right relationship with me right now. Where you're not, okay, I'll listen to him. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you understand the detriment that sin has on our lives and how it ruins our relationship with Almighty God? Well, how is that? Because God's holy. You don't understand. God is perfect. He's holy. It's the absence of sin. It's the separation of the filth of the world. He can't be near it. And when we're living in it and engaging in it and incorporated in it, we have a problem hearing Almighty God. And oftentimes, He will bring a Joab into our lives to give us a warning, but we're so blinded in our sin that's darkness, we can't even hear the instructions. We can't even take the counsel of someone that's telling us the truth. Like, well, Matt, what happens? What happens? 70,000 people die. You're like, what? 7-0-0-0-0. 70,000, that's a lot of people, okay, die in a very short amount of days, within three days. David is sideways, okay, because he, ne look at, look at, he's just, he's just like, like, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, he, he never expected this. Friends, listen very carefully. We never see our sins as that bad. We never see them as God sees them. If you and I were to see our sins as God sees them, let me tell you what would take place. 
we wouldn't be sinning. We would sin very little. It would be mistake sins. It wouldn't be I'm at the crossroads and I'm going to choose what I want because it's going to bring me pleasure for 30 minutes. Listen very carefully. If we were to see sins, okay, that are in our lives as God sees them, okay, we would sin very little. I mean, we would still sin because here's the thing. There are things that we just do that we're not aware of, okay? But being at a crossroads and deciding because I want this in my free will, I want to choose to do what's wrong over what I know to do what's right, what God has spoken is right, and I just decide I'm going to overrule God, that foolish nonsense would cease. Why? Because we would understand it, okay? David, okay, he, he, he didn't see it, okay? He didn't think his sin was that bad. He didn't think Israel was all that bad. We're always looking at other people and comparing our lot in life to them. Well, I'm not sinning as much as this guy, and I'm not doing what he's doing. Okay, that guy's a drunk. He's doing drugs. That guy's a pornography. He beats his wife. He does all these things. I'm a moral kind of guy. I, I, I'm, I'm helping. I'm a helper. You're comparing yourself to people. Compare yourself to God. And you're like, well, I'm not going to stand up very well. Exactly. What, what you, exactly. Very carefully. Okay. There's a lot of people in life that are comparing themselves, okay, and their choices, their decisions, okay, to someone else. And they're thinking, I'm okay. But that person, okay, isn't okay with God. And you're not okay with God because you're living a life that's outside of Scripture. That's outside of God's Word. You're doing your own thing. And again, you've given yourself false hope thinking I'm okay. Friends, when we're outside of Christ, we're never okay. You guys, watch this. From David's palace... He's watching the funerals, okay? He, he's watching what's taking place. He understands 70,000 people, this was a big deal to God. Yeah, okay, all sin is a big deal to God. There is no categorization of a little white lie, okay? To God, it's equal. Why is it equal? Because it put his son on the cross. Christ came and died for your sins. So every sin is a big deal to him because it represents a nail that went through his hand. It represents some Roman soldier punching him. It represents someone pulling out his hair. It represents him being nailed to a cross naked and mocked and being made fun of. It represents his blood, his flesh being shed all over the place, okay? He doesn't take it lightly. He's not like you and I. He's different. He's holy. But yet, he demands that we be holiness. And he even goes over the top of that and says, no one will enter heaven who is not holy. You're like, Matt, what happens? David sobers up really quick. Okay? When God comes to your doorstep, guess what? Okay? You're sober. You don't need 15 cups of coffee. As much as I like coffee, here's the thing. God has his undivided attention. He looks up. Okay? Okay? And, and, and listen to this. Okay? I think this is crazy. Verse 15, and it says, And God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it. He's going to deal with sin. Okay? He's going to destroy all of Israel. Okay? Thank you, Jesus, for Joab not numbering all the tribes and not counting them. Good grief. Okay? The Lord beheld and repented of the evil and said to the angel, It is enough. Wait. Hold on. <laughs> Meaning, guys, when you see an angel, look, look, look. And the angel, he's in the sky. He has a sword drawn, okay? And you can see it in his face. You can see it in his eyes. There's no doubt why that angel is there. But on top of that, knowing that that angel is a warrior, is a destroyer, can take life like the that. angel is just standing there with the sword out, okay? On top of the angel being a warrior, being able to take life, the glory of the Lord is shining upon that angel, meaning this, it's, you're terrified. I mean, here's the thing, you're terrified. So much so, okay? There's a guy named Ornan, okay? He has four sons. He's out there on the top of Mount Moriah thrashing wheat, meaning he's throwing wheat up, okay? The chaff flies away, as it always does, whole nother devotion. The wheat falls down into the sift. 
You with me? He's throwing wheat. He sees it. He drops down. Okay. It's just not David seeing this. Other people are seeing what's about to take place. Okay. Verse 17. David's not going to go through Gad. David's going to speak to God. And he says this. David said unto God, Is it not I that commanded the people to be numbered? Even I it is that have sinned and done evil indeed. But as for these, they are just sheep. What have they done? Please, I pray, on my father's house, take my life, leave them alone. That's a ruler. Look at that's a leader. That's a shepherd, okay? Lord, pardon them. Allow me to take the blunt, okay? Please, no more. Okay? I love David. I absolutely love David because he mans up. He doesn't, he doesn't let it go down the road. He doesn't ignore. He sinned against God. He mans up. He makes it right. He says, I'm responsible. Kill me. Kill my family. These people, they've done nothing, Lord. They've done nothing. God loves Okay, humility and a contrite heart. He absolutely, every single time that you come to him with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, okay, and you've humbled yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will answer, he will respond. Freebie. Verse 18, listen very carefully. We're concluding. Then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad, the prophet, okay, to say to David that David should go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. Verse 19, And David went up at the saying of Gad, which he spake in the name of the Lord. Okay? So God's told him, listen, after we repent, oftentimes because God is so good to us, God will tell us what to do next because we've made a mess. Sin always leaves a train wreck of debris and damage and hurt and pain and suffering. That's the, that's the characteristics. That's the definition of sin. There's always casualties when we're, we're sinning. We're never an island unto ourselves thinking it's only me looking at that crap on the computer. It affects everyone in your life. Everyone around you is affected when you're engaging in sin. Free one. A lot of free ones today, huh, guys? You're like, man, I've got so many free ones today, it's not even funny. Are you mad? I'm not mad. I, I want you to get this principle, guys. I want you to understand this principle. Matt's not, Matt loves you guys. Look, 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 at You and I are David. We've done the stupid things that David has done. I'm just asking you, how quickly have you repented of the things that you've done wrong? David always repented quickly. He made it right. Have you made it right? That, that, look, 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 before we go any further... The sins that you've done, the choices that you made, have you made them right? Have you done everything that you know to make them right? Because if not, someone's going to come to your doorstep. You're not going to like knock, it. Knock, knock, knock. Who's there? Do you really want to know? Okay, look at, look at, look at. David to do. David is to go to the top of Mount Moriah, and he is to sacrifice unto God, okay, a burnt offering. But you know what else he wants to do? He wants to do, besides something, a burnt offering, he wants to do a fellowship offering because he had done that all of his life. And that, a fellowship offering is how I get close to God. A burnt offering is how I take care of sin, okay? But the fellowship offering is, hey, I want to be back in right relationship with you. Some people are satisfied just getting out of the hot water. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm okay with God. But they're not interested in the fellowship offering. They're not interested in having a relationship with Almighty God. They just don't want God's chastening anymore. Oh my goodness. I don't, you, you know what I would say. Look, do you not know what I would say? They're so content just not being in trouble with God anymore, but they don't take the next step, okay? And build the relationship with Almighty God through Christ. Even here's Gad. He starts marching up the hill. He doesn't send someone else. He has all the power and all the money and all the resources. He knows everybody. He takes care of the problem. Why? Because he's a man's man. He's a man of integrity. He's a man of God. Okay? 
Verse 19, and David went up at the saying of Gad, okay? Verse 20, and Ornan turned back and saw the angel and his four sons with him hid themselves. Yeah, you did, Ornan, because he was thrashing wheat. He saw the angel. He's like, this ain't good, boys. Uh, see, big angel, sword. I don't think this is good. Let's hide. Are you hiding in your sins? You're like, Matt, where'd you come up with that? Are you hiding in your sins? Guess what? You can't hide good enough, okay? There is no playing hide-and-go-seek with God, okay? Because he knows. <laughs> you, you, you thought I was going to say freebie. No, that's just extra. Okay, look at, look at, look at. And David came to Ornan. And, he, and De Ornan sees David. Now, here's the thing. Ornan's a regular guy like you and I. And he's doing his deal. And now the king is walking up the hill towards him. Watch those imaginations. That's a free one. Okay, look at. I see the king. You know what? What do we think? Uh, this can't be good. I've seen an angel with a sword, and now the king's coming to my spot on my hill, on my property. I'm a dead duck. I mean, look at. Watch the imaginations. Why are we always thinking the worst when it can be the best? Free one. <laughs> so David says to Ornan, listen, Ornan. I need this land. I need this thrashing floor. I need all the cat. I need everything. I'll pay for it. Ornan, okay, he's terrified of David. He's more terrified of the angel. He said, take it. It's yours. It's free. It's free. You can have it. You can have it, King, da King David. He didn't say this. I just want to live. <laughs> look, 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 we're such weasels sometimes. We're such weasels. I just want to live. Hey, it's all yours. It's all yours. I mean, he's he's sideways. Ornan and his sons. They're they're no. Oh, the king, the angel, the king, the angel, the angel, the king. I mean, he's upset. It's all yours. It's all yours. Just let me go. You know what David says? Guys, listen to these words. They're so powerful. David says, "I will not sacrifice unto the Lord that which has cost me nothing." I will pay the full amount plus, meaning I'm not going to come here, take your cattle, take the wood, take the land, okay, and not pay for it a thousand times over, meaning I'm going to pay more than it's worth. You're going to believe this transaction thinking, you're going to walk in the house and say, honey, you're not going to believe it. We're rich. We're rich. We're rich. And the wife's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? David the king. Oh, get out of here. You never met David the king. I was talking to David the king. He came to my land and he paid me $100,000. That's the equivalency of what he gave him. How much was the land worth? Maybe 10. Oh, you're like, what? It's worth 10. He gave him 10 times more than it was worth. Do you understand? David says this, I will not sacrifice unto the Lord that which has cost me nothing. Okay? It costs to serve Christ where it brings him glory. What happens? Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill to whom his favor rests. David does. He buys that thrashing floor and he goes up there. And not only does he do the burnt offerings, he does the fellowship offering. God accepts it. How do we know that? Oh, God pulls an Elijah and Mount Carmel deal on him. Fire comes from the sky, comes down, burns up the sacrifice. That would be enough for me to understand that God accepted it because God burnt that which David presented and Gad presented to him. He didn't do it in and of himself. He used Gad the way God had chose for the sacrifice to be offered, okay? Fire comes flying down from the sky, burns up the sacrifice. The angel with the sword puts it back in the sheath. He goes back on to heaven. 
David understands what God means now. He understands the severity of sin. He was changed from that moment on. He understood God is not someone to be messed around with. Yes, I can love him. I can serve him. But he has a just manner about him. He's a righteous judge. Is God going to be knocking on your door in the next few days? Okay, because you've been numbering the truth. Because you've been doing it your way. Because you haven't taken care of things. Or are you still in the 10 months? And you're crying out to God this very day saying, Lord, forgive me. I see what I've been doing. I'm not doing it anymore. I need help. Help me not to do it anymore. I'm going to turn from. I'm going to turn towards God. And I'm going to get with godly men. And I'm going to make my life available to them to ask me the hard questions. I'm going to get discipled. I'm going to do it God's way. Because I don't want to go through what David went through. Guys, listen very carefully today. God is so good to us. Look at, look at, look at, okay? I don't care where you are in life, okay? God has his arms wide open for you, okay? God's not against you. That's Satan telling you that crap, that garbage. That's from the pit of hell. God has loved you from eternity past. He decided he knew you before you were ever born. He cares about you. Yes, you may not be where you need to be with God, but you're one prayer away from getting it right with God. He doesn't hold grudges. He's not like you and I. When someone apologizes, we hold a grudge for weeks and months and years sometimes until they learn their lesson. God's going to take you at your word. Lord, I'm sorry. I need help in this area of my life. Help me. I'm going to turn from it, but I need your help in turning from it. Please bless me with yourself. Okay? God will hear that prayer. Do you understand? God will hear that prayer. He will hearken unto that prayer. The angel will put the sword back in the sheaf. Okay? You will be established. You will be grounded. He will teach you. Okay? He will grow you. He will bless you. He will prosper. He will provide for you. He is so good to us. You praise him. Learn from this story. Do you understand? Hey, this is Matt from the Man Cave.